This morning, God's Word comes to us once again from the prophet Isaiah, this time Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah 60, and we'll be reading just the first seven verses of this chapter. Isaiah 60, beginning at verse 1, we hear now is God's word. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exalt, because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those of Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense. They shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar and will beautify my beautiful house." Here we end the reading of God's holy word. We have come this Sunday to the fourth and the last Sunday of Advent. Advent, remember kids, is that time where we look forward to celebrating the coming of Jesus Christ. Advent is that reminder that God is faithful to all of his promises given in the Old Testament. We just sang, come thou long-expected Jesus. They were looking for this one to come, this promised Son of God. And in Advent we're reminded that all of God's promises are true and fulfilled, are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. We've been looking this year at the book of Isaiah in our series on Advent. And the blessings we receive because Christ came. We began by seeing that Christ's advent brings comfort from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem that her warfare is over, that her sins have been forgiven. The comfort we have because of the coming of Christ. We've seen that Christ's advent brings peace a peace between God and man. Last time we saw that Christ's advent brings life, a life that is beautiful and a life that is eternal. And this morning, now Christ's advent brings light. Jesus came as the light of the world. And that truth pictured for us, prophesied for us, already in the prophet Isaiah that he would come as the light of the world. The prophet says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And to to use light as a picture for God, 
is an appropriate understanding of who God is. For God is light. There are a number of instances in the Old Testament where God reveals himself as light, as shining, as glorious. We think of when Israel came out of Egypt. Remember, kids, how they were led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. That was God leading his people out of captivity. And that picture, that symbol of fire for God. Remember when they were uh, at the base of Mount Sinai and God was going to speak to his people and they could look up on the mountain. On the top of the mountain they saw clouds and lightnings. Lightnings as a picture of God's presence on the mountain. Great and glorious. In fact, in fact, uh, God says, I'm going to speak to my people, and people say, oh no, don't have God speak to us. Moses, you speak to us. You go talk to God. He's too glorious for us. Lightnings, a picture of God's glorious nature. We think of when the tabernacle was constructed, what happened after the tabernacle was finished. The glory of the Lord descended upon that tabernacle. God's glory in fire and in cloud. Same thing happened when the temple was completed. God comes in a glorious presence there from 1 Kings chapter 8. After the temple is completed, 1 Kings chapter 8, we read this. And when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord. So the priest could not stand to minister because the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. This cloud of fire, this glorious presence of God. And so the Isaiah, continuing that picture, continuing that theme, arise and shine for your light has come. The light of the world. We see that same picture continued in the New Testament. We know that we have a, a narrative of Jesus' birth given to us in Luke, narrative of Jesus' birth given to us in Matthew. John, uh, the Gospel of John, gives us a little bit different picture of Jesus' coming, a more theological understanding of what was taking place. John, the most theological of the Gospels, says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him was not anything made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus comes as the light of the world. We read that there was a man sent from God. His name was John. He came to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, that's Jesus, kids, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. John says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son of God, full of grace and truth. Jesus comes as the fulfillment of these Old Testament pictures. In fact, later in John, he calls himself the light of the world. We read in the epistle of John this morning, God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Arise and shine, for your light has come. A perfect, appropriate picture 
of Jesus Christ coming into the world. For the prophet says, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. The contrast. The contrast between God who is light and a darkness, a thick darkness, that would cover the people. He is referring here to captivity. Remember, we have said that for the first almost 40 chapters of Isaiah is that warning that Israel will be taken away into captivity. That was that thick darkness that would cover the people. They knew about captivity. They'd experienced that captivity when the people of Israel were taken away into Egypt, a thick darkness covering the people as they they are, are, are persecuted under Pharaoh. But God sends a glimmer of light. God sends Moses to come and as one who would lead his people out of that captivity, a picture of light, a forerunner of light. The prophet says, yes, there will be this darkness that will come. You will once again go into captivity, but there will be another light to come, a true light to come. Behold, darkness covers the earth, thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. Their coming captivity would not be the end. God would send someone to release them from that captivity. Of course, we know that those pictures in the Old Testament, pictures of the captivity of God's people, are pictures given for us. We are those who live in a free land. No captivity for us. But we know that there is a darkness, a spiritual darkness, not a physical captivity, a spiritual darkness which covers over the people. A darkness, a captivity to sin and to death itself. A darkness in our own hearts, a darkness that in in some ways still remains. Oh, there are some sins that we easily confess to God, but there are some sins in those dark recesses of our hearts, some sins that we court, some sins that we enjoy. There is that darkness still, and God says, that is not the end for you. For there will be, the Lord will rise upon you. His glory will be seen upon you. There is hope. Just as there was hope for those who would go into captivity, a physical captivity, There is hope for those in a spiritual captivity that we are freed by the light of the world. We are freed by Jesus Christ. We have been forgiven, washed and cleansed. And those hearts that were cold and dark have been given a new light. Arise, shine, your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Light, a beautiful picture, appropriate picture of the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. Appropriate, because we think about what light does. What are the purposes for light? And there's two things I'd like to to talk about this morning, two things to highlight. The first is, light exposes imperfection. Light exposes imperfection. If you were living back in the time when this was written, 
and you were going to the market and you wanted to buy a pot. You wanted to buy a pot, kids, so you could make uh, something for breakfast in the morning. And you'd go to the various uh, vendors there, and you'd look for a pot. And uh, some vendors were very careful about the pots they would make, and they'd be very, very good pots. Some would try to, to uh, sell something that looked good, but actually wasn't very good. And one of the ways you could tell if a pot was well-made is you would take that pot and you would hold it up into the sunlight, and if there were any cracks or any imperfections, the light would point those out to you. Light shows imperfections. When Jesus Christ came, he came as the perfect Son of God. He came as one in whom there was no darkness at all. When we read about his life, when we read about his perfection, when we read about his words, it's a reminder to us that we are not perfect, that we are those who have fallen short. You know, as sometimes I think it's easier for us to think, as I prayed earlier today, that our sins aren't so bad. We don't commit those heinous sins. We don't murder anybody. But all sin is an offense against God. When we see the perfection of Jesus Christ, we are reminded of our need for a Savior. We are those who are fallen and sinful. Looking at His perfection, looking at His light, looking at His life, we see our own imperfections all the more clearly. His light shows us our sin and then drives us to him as that one and only Savior. Light, light exposes imperfections. And the second thing, light points the way. Light points the way. Now, kids, we're in a pretty light room today. But imagine if you were in a room with no windows at all, and you turned all the lights off, it would be dark. Very, very dark. And you might try to walk around that room and bump into something over here and bump into something over here, and you might even hurt yourself. But if you took even just one candle, if you took even just one candle and had that candle, that light would show you the way out of the room. It would show you the safe way out of the room. Jesus Christ came as the light of the world to show us the way of salvation, and that way is through Him. He came to show us that He is our hope amidst the darkness of our captivity. Through faith in Him, we are, we are brought out safely from the captivity and brought into the light. Jesus Christ comes and points the way of salvation. He is that one way, that only way. He will say, I am the way and the truth and the life. What's the way of salvation? Faith in Jesus Christ. And He comes and as the light of the world points that way, He gives us freedom 
freedom from the captivity. In Him, we have been redeemed, we've been saved, we are being sanctified. He shows us the way of light and of life. And He is the only one. There is no other true light of the world. Oh, there are pretenders to the light. There are those who would claim that they know the proper way. But only Jesus Christ. He is the only one who is the way and the truth and the life. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. The one and only way. Our Savior, Jesus Christ. Light, light exposes our imperfections and then shows us Jesus Christ, the way of salvation. The prophet says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This light, this blessedness, is given for the people of God. The light rises upon you. This was a light that would be given to Old Testament Israel. Yes, they would go off into captivity, but they would remain the people of God. And he would bring them back. The light would rise upon them. It is for us, the New Testament church, those who are now God's chosen people, the true Israel of God, we are the blessed recipients of that light. He says in verse 4, Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar. Your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart will thrill and exalt. It is upon God's people that this glorious light is given. As I've said, I think, every week for the past four weeks, Christmas is for believers. We are those who have reason to celebrate. The world sees faint glimmers of the light. They have a small sense of the light. They see there's something going on. But we have the fullness. The fullness of the truth. Jesus Christ came as the light of the world. We are those who celebrate. We are those who will gather on Christmas morning and celebrate, remember the coming of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. We shall celebrate. But notice what else he says. Verse 2. Darkness covers the earth, thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Yes, we are those who are the recipients of the light, but there are others who will see that light. Our lives should be lived in such a way that there is a noticeable difference. And the nations will come and the nations will ask, why do you live the way you do? It is because we have received the light. And we are called to then share that truth with those around us. Israel was given all kinds of laws and directives that they might be a particular people living in a particular path of holiness. They would be distinctive. 
How much more for us in the New Testament? Called to live in distinctive ways, distinctive lives, that people might see the difference and ask the questions, nations shall come to you, to your light. We read in verse 7, The flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will beautify my beautiful house. God says, I will beautify my beautiful house. God adorns his beautiful house when the nations come in. When the nations come and hear that message of the light and they embrace by faith the finished work of Jesus Christ, God's temple, God's house, God's dwelling is being adorned, is being beautified. I will beautify my temple as the nations come in. They come in because we reflect the light we have received. Again, all these verses, verses 1, 2, and 3, the light, the glory has risen upon you. The Lord will arise upon you. The glory will be seen upon you. We are called, we are called to be reflectors of that light, that light that we have received, the light of Jesus Christ, the recognition of what he has done, the desire in our hearts out of gratitude to live in a way that's distinctive, that's particular, that shines the light of Christ to those around us. What do people see when they look at you? What do your coworkers see? What do your classmates see? Do they see someone who knows the light of Jesus Christ? Do they see someone who reflects the glory of the Lord? What do they, what do they hear when they hear you speak? Do they hear words of light, words of holiness, or is it still the darkness? the thick darkness that dwells within us? How do, we, how do we speak to our spouses? How do we speak to our families? How do we speak to our employees, our employers? Are we reflecting that light that we as the people of God have received? Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So I guess I conclude this message with two very simple questions. The first is, do you know the light? Do you know Jesus Christ, the light of the world? Have you embraced him by faith? Do you recognize the darkness, the thick darkness that dwells in our hearts and if left to ourselves is a darkness that would send us away from God eternally. Jesus Christ once again this morning lives in the pages of Scripture, lives in this Old Testament prophecy and He calls out to you, I am the light. Put your faith, put your hope, put your trust in Me and know the true joy of light at Christmas time. A light that celebrates the coming of the light into the world. Do you know the light? 
And secondly, if you do, what have you done with the light? Have you hoarded that truth? Have you hidden that truth? Failing to to show in your life, failing to speak in your words the truth of who Jesus Christ is? Or are you reflecting that light? Living in such a distinctive way that even the nations, even the pagans will recognize there is a difference. They will come to you and give you the opportunity to share the glory of Jesus Christ, to share the truth of Christmas, to share the light of the world that God has sent, to point out our sinfulness and to show us the way of salvation in His Son, Jesus Christ. The prophet calls to us, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we praise you for the glorious blessings of the advent of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he is the light of the world. And we do recognize and we do confess that left to ourselves, there is nothing but darkness in our hearts. Oh, we thank you that you did not leave us in that fallen, sinful condition, but you sent your own Son to come and to be our light. May that truth, Lord God, encourage us, may it bless us, may it strengthen us to live in a way that is glory, brings glory to you, to walk in the path of light and to open our mouths, particularly at this time of year, to speak the truth of Christmas. The world sees glimmers, the world sees flashes of light, but does not know the truth. Lord God, we pray that you would use us to share the glorious message of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Hear our prayer, for we pray in his name. Amen.